1: You're listening to TMZ Movie Crashers. Welcome back to TMZ's Movie Crashers. I'm your host Fabian Garcia from TMZ. I'm
0: your host Paige Cat from Two Fab.
1: Uh, lots of movie news. Um, As usual. Let's qu- exactly let's quickly go through the honorable mentions list. Uh, stuff that we're not going to discuss at length, mm-hmm. but we'll we'll quickly address. Uh, essentially, um, what do we have here? Taylor Swift says her Les Misérables audition was a nightmare with yes. uh, Eddie Redmayne. That was interesting that she was like up for like two parts, but wasn't quite good for either part. Um,
0: the interview is really funny. It's
1: interesting that Taylor Swift has clearly been trying to break into acting for a while and seems serious about that. And she also seems serious about directing. So I think she's going to have she's she's going to attempt to have a movie career. So we will monitor that and see what comes of it. Mm-hmm. What else do we have here? Uh, Daniel Radcliffe. In terms of Wolverine, basically shutting down rumors saying that they're running amok and that he doesn't want to commit to anything that he can't love long-term. And it sounds like he might not love the idea of playing Wolverine. And he also says that the only reason people perpetuate that rumor constantly about him is because he's short and kind of hairy. Uh, So I guess that's pretty much it. I think Daniel Radcliffe would be a disaster as Wolverine. So thank God that there's no truth to that. Uh, What else do we have here? We have Rihanna. Rihanna released her first new single in like years for the new mm-hmm. Black Panther trailer, uh, or not the trailer, just no, a, it's for the movie, just for the movie, right? It's in the credits, which, right? Which is coming out in about a week or so. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's big news. She has
0: two songs in the movie for the right soundtrack.
1: Of course, we have to address the James Gunn thing. Him and uh, the other guy, who Peter are, Safran. There we go. Whoever that is, uh, have been tapped to basically head up DC huge news they're basically going to be the kevin feigies of dc mm-hmm.
0: and now it's called dc studios it's Cor- not D- just dc films correct, it's just all dc correct. studios as one things. and uh, people guy. are
1: saying it's in good hands with yeah. james Gunn. um there was talk of like of a potential rivalry uh, between you know marvel and dc but James Gunn and even Kev- Kevin Feige yeah. himself have kind of shut that down yeah. and said, "No, no rivalry." We Kevin love-. Feige
0: was the first person James Gunn told.
1: Right, mm-hmm. and they're all they're all super buddy buddy. They're yeah. very supportive. I don't like that. I like a little healthy. Oh my god! Of course, competition. You do. Come on. A little healthy rivalry. Nothing crazy, but just you know, yeah. Let's have some fun. Let's have anyway. I don't think that would happen until James Gunn is completely done with Guardians. Yeah, I guess so. That's true because he's he's still in the Marvel world a little There's bit. There's still one more film yes, coming yes, out. Yes, yes, so. yeah. So anyway, we'll see what happens. Maybe that will happen in the future. This was interesting, Quinn. Quentin Tarantino denied Kanye West's claim that Django Unchained was actually Kanye's original idea and that Quentin and Jamie Foxx allegedly stole it from him uh, when he pitched it to them. He was apparently, and, and Quentin Tarantino kind of clarified what this was all about. At some point years ago, Kanye wanted to make movies uh, for his tracks, like uh, you know, Gold Digger, things like that. And apparently his idea for the Gold Digger movie, if you will was that Kanye was going to be playing a slave of some sort or something like that. And Kanye just straight up said, Quentin and Jamie stole my idea for Django Unchained. Quentin said, oh, we didn't steal anything. He had an idea for him playing a slave, and that's about it. That there was nothing connected with what, what the story of Django Unchained is about. Anyway, yeah. Quentin Tarantino denying that claim... Uh, Oh, this was interesting. They're making a Friday the 13th prequel series Mm -hmm. based on the movie franchise, obviously. And that's interesting. I think it's going to be called um, Camp Crystal Lake or A24. A24 is behind it, which means it's probably going to be good. Yeah. Uh, And we're going to kind of get a behind the scenes look of Jason Voorhees as a child and his mother and things like that. I'm actually interested about that. I love I love when they explore the lore of stuff like that. Uh, it's and, be a peacock, I think. Yeah. Like, really? Well, that's fine. I mean, we'll see. I, but I love, I love the Friday the Thirteenth franchise, despite how goofy it's gotten over the years. And for A twenty four to be producing yeah. it, that means they're going to take it seriously. So I'm, I'm very interested about that. Uh, Matthew Perry. I know this is a little late because this came out last week, but we're going to. Well, his memoir it.
0: actually comes out today.
1: Okay, there you go, yeah. Matthew Perry. I, I don't like Matthew Perry. I'm glad that he's clean or whatever and sober. Good, good for you. Good pat in the back. But he's been talking a lot of shit, specifically about Keanu Reeves. Uh, there have been passages from his memoir that have been getting leaked, and he basically oh, released re- repeatedly. Yeah, released whatever he's not been, leaked. He's yeah, not leaked. He's been uh, he repeatedly takes shots at Keanu Reeves and says, Why is Keanu Reeves still among us while River Phoenix is dead and Heath Ledger is dead and all these like great actors are dead, and yet Keanu Reeves walks among us super mean hella out of pocket in my opinion yeah
0: he also shaded salma hayek
1: yeah at one point oh did he really Mm -hmm. his coast wow yeah he said yeah you can
0: look at two fab and TMZ. we have done a lot of uh, matthew Perry stuff recently um but yeah he um during fool's brush In, he basically said that her um her acting advice was nonsense and all this stuff but yet like that was his first like big movie it was his first big movie um i have
1: that's I'm not going to get into this, but yeah, I have
0: complicated feelings, about the yeah, Perry, Matthew Perry, because I'm a Friends a, fan, a, so I'm torn. I, 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 but like,
1: because you don't want to talk too much crap about him because he's like a drug addict. and well, stuff to, or a well, recovering he, drug addict. He almost like, died several times. Like yeah, he, but so there's like, so many like, things. Despite like, that, you I, you gotta you, you can't just say say crazy things like that. Exactly. Like, you need to rein it in, Matthew yeah. Perry, acting yeah. like a nonsense. Anyway, um, uh, last but not least, uh, Cormac Roth, who is the son, the musician son of Tim Roth died this week like suddenly cancer. cancer correct oh, at, at 25 that was super sad the movie world is mourning Ta-da. um and then last but not least uh justin long says that dodgeball 2 vince vaughn has got an idea for dodgeball 2 oh, a potential I'm so sequel down. uh the only thing that's holding it back right now is uh ben stiller ben oh. stiller needs to get on board in my opinion it'd be a huge mistake to do dodgeball 2 uh, because it's a classic and zoolander 2 bombed obviously uh, they they made Zoolander two. You're familiar with Zoolander, yeah, yeah, yeah. But so I just they, forgot they, they made a second one. They made one. a second one. It absolutely bombed. Forgot about bombed. that. They should just leave these classics alone and do new stuff. Don't go back. to I, I hate this nostalgia thing of like let's go let's make white chicks too. Like no white chicks is fine. Dodgeball is fine. No need for all these unnecessary ass sequels. Like 20 years later, Top Gun's is the exception, I guess. But like all these other comedies, leave them alone. Let Ben Stiller do something new and original if he wants to. Anyway, let's start where we're really going to talk about today, which the the big motion picture, which is our biggest story of the show. And we're talking about Shelley Duvall. Mm-hmm. Uh, Shelley Duvall uh, is coming back to acting after 20 years of mm-hmm. an absence, essentially. Um, and she's going to be in this horror movie. It sounds like an indie movie. Yeah,
0: indie horror film called The Forest Hills. The Forest
1: Hills from a director who is... Doesn't have many big titles to his name. I kind of looked at his IMDb page. He's got a lot of short documentaries and short films and things like that. He hasn't made anything big. Mm -hmm. This might be his first big thing that he's making. Uh, And Shelly Duvall is going to be playing the mother of the main character who's like tormented with like these really nightmarish visions Mm -hmm. and things like that. I don't know if she's gonna be playing something in person, but she's playing the mother of this character and she's gonna be like in his head talking to him, I guess. Mm -hmm. Um, And supposedly, I was reading this on THR that the movie's about this guy who like turns into a werewolf and he's like fighting the urges to become a werewolf. I don't know. So that's interesting. And the reason this is a big deal is because Shelley Duvall. Again, has been absent from Hollywood and from acting. The last for, t-
0: her last film was in two thousand two, um, "Manna from Heaven."
1: Correct, and she was a big deal in the you know the seventies and the eighties, especially. Um, and Shelley Duvall has been through a lot. Uh, she's been through a lot, and it's, it's an understatement. <laughs> it's an understatement for sure. Yeah. She's been through a lot, and th- it's unclear exactly why she stepped away from Hollywood. Um, the Hollywood Reporter did uh, a big profile piece about her last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's living somewhere out in texas with like her husband very remote yeah very removed from like hollywood life completely um and supposedly she has like some mental health issues that was put on display during uh a dr phil appearance in 2016. controversial dr. very controversial <laughs> dr. because phil. essentially so. she she went on there and she was blabbering about all this nonsense kind of stuff and aliens and this and she was saying robin williams isn't actually dead and all this kind of crazy stuff. Uh, and people felt like it was very exploitative and, mm-hmm. and, you know, she was, she seems, she seemed very unwell at the time. Like she needed help for right. sure. Right. And, um, it, you know, Dr. Phil and his whole production company, everything got a lot of backlash at the time, but that was kind of the last public thing we'd seen of, uh, Shelley Duvall. That was in
0: 2016. 2016.
1: Yeah. And it left a lot of people concerned about her. Uh, but then when this profile piece from the Hollywood Reporter came out, she seemed a little more coherent, mm-hmm. a little more grounded. sounds like she might've gotten some help that she perhaps needed or something. Um, but it's good to see her back in acting, though. It's yeah. it's good to see her come back in any capacity because Shelley Duvall. I mean, God, like she's such a unique actress. If you look at her body of work, she was in Popeye, she was in The Shining. Obviously, those are like her two big claims to fame. She was also she had a very memorable cameo in Annie Hall, the, the Woody Allen movie, uh, playing like a Rolling Stone reporter. It's it's she's in it just for like a scene or two, maybe. But she she's been in like some iconic movies, and I gotta say, like from the stuff that I've seen of her. She's very good at like humanizing roles and just and because she, she's a she's like this like big buck teeth, kind of like wide eyed girl. Mm-hmm. Uh, she tends to play a lot of like Dan. Very eccentric. Dan- yeah. Eccentric like Danzels in distress kind of thing, especially with The Shining. Yeah. Um, but the reason why so many people feel bad for Shelley Duvall, especially particularly pertaining to The Shining, is because mm-hmm. Stanley Kubrick, who is, you know, a legend of legends uh, of filmmaking, obviously, um, he he put her through a lot reportedly put her through a lot Uh, grueling filming schedule they shot over the course of like a year plus or whatever 500 days 500 days correct 15
0: 16 hour days this is like
1: back in 79 when they were filming this uh, in in London um and apparently he was very cruel to shelly duvall or mm. could be cruel it's actually it's interesting because like there's kind of conflicting accounts like shelly duvall now is reading that thr piece and she was kind of making it seem like well stanley kubrick wasn't that much of a monster it's 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 and, but but then there were people that were on the production back then who said no he was in fact a monster and that he he was doing stuff to her that was like because he wanted to get certain reactions out of her he wanted to make her performance so authentic uh, of being like a terrified mother, yeah. like being so ter-
0: actually terrified her. So Literally she would look yeah, terrified. Essentially,
1: she he was isolating her from Jack Nicholson. He was telling Jack Nicholson things that he he wasn't telling Shelley Duvall to surprise like her, like for the door scene. Yes, um,
0: allegedly, like he they um, shot that like sixty yes. times or whatever. And like yeah. she apparently. um Jack Nicholson like didn't tell shelly Duvall like beforehand like when he was going to when things were going to happen so she right. would
1: actually looked freaked out scared
0: and terrified yeah. when he came to a- the door and
1: apparently shelly Duvall was um you know she was obviously being tormented and she was crying a lot she was she had a, mm-hmm. she had an actual anxiety attack on yep. the set at one point um and she says yeah a lot of that stuff that you're seeing on camera is is real especially towards the end of the movie as I start as I'm, as I'm running away from like my deranged husband, yeah. Um, and she cried a lot on set. and She said that at a certain yeah, times she would wake up. She would wake up crying to the idea that she was going to have to cry that day. Yeah, and, and she told
0: that to the Hollywood Reporter. Yeah. Last year. yeah. Um,
1: but then so it's but then she also she also kind of backtracked and said as far as like Stanley Kubrick a little bit, she said that because they were they were filming that the making of that movie for a documentary like Stanley Kubrick's daughter. Uh, shot behind the scenes of the mm-hmm. making of that movie, and I think Stanley Kubrick was putting on a performance for that documentary, uh, and and he was and he was you know he I think he was purposely trying to make it scene like he was being mean to Shelley Duvall. Because if you did you see any of that behind the scenes footage of him talking to her?
0: I haven't seen that. So, but I there's there's a lot of it. there's
1: a lot of moments in that documentary of the making of The Shining where Stanley Kubrick does come off as a jerk. He's he's telling. But what would be the point of that? It, it's it it was I think it was he wanted to maintain some kind of public. Um, uh, image of himself as as a filmmaker but behind the scenes i think he was a little more a little more kind i mean i hope so right but like if you watch the documentary there's several times where he's telling shelly duvall like no that's the wrong instinct that's the wrong character choice that's the wrong acting like he's berating her uh he's telling the other people in the production and the crew members ignore shelly don't talk to her blah, blah 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 and so again on camera for the making of this documentary he comes across as quite cruel to her but Shelly Duvall is, I, I've read different quotes of hers where she says, well, behind the scenes, yeah. he might have been actually a little nicer. You know what I mean? So I, I, it's very bizarre. Stanley Kubrick was a weird guy. Obviously, he's a, he's a genius of filmmaking, but a strange guy. And I think in public, he wanted to maintain, like I said, wanted to maintain some kind of image, which is why I think he was hamming it up for the for the documentary camera in terms of being mean to her. He did, in fact, have a grueling film schedule. We know that for a fact, that he would do shoots after shoot and, and the take scene after of, take um, after take
0: with the bat scene when she's running after yes. Jack Nicholson on the bat that was like a record like 120 takes yes. something
1: crazy like yes that. yeah it was, it was like a guinness book uh world record of, kind like, of thing takes. right yeah so anyway in, in, in any regard I mean, in any case whether stanley kubrick was like intentionally trying to be mean to Shelley or whatever he she did go through a lot for the making of that yep. movie she was very committed and i've seen the shining so many times in my life i've seen it like i don't know like 12 times at this point Um, she carries that movie. I know Jack Nicholson is like the the poster child. He's the the star in the face of that movie, especially that iconic shot of his his face through the door. But when you watch the movie, it's Shelley Duvall who's being terrorized. And you're watching her trying to do this balancing act. Because you actually recently watched the Shining, didn't you, for the first time? For the first time. So w- w- let's talk about it real quick. But before okay. we get back to Shelley real fast, what do you think about it? I mean.
0: Okay, so I had like really high expectations. Uh-huh. People say this is like one of the best horror yeah. movies of all the yeah. time, blah,
1: blah, blah. Um, it's not your typical horror no. movie. Not at all. No, it's and I. It's more like a mind fuck kind of thing. No, 100%. Yeah. And
0: like, so, you know, anyone comes at me for not seeing it before. As I mentioned before, I'm not a big horror movie fan. My family doesn't like horror movies. I right. grew up on horror movies. But I could have totally have watched this with ease many yeah, years ago. Yeah, yeah. But whatever. Um so I just wanted to know if that yeah, but it's,
1: it's also an older movie. It, it, is. it came out in nineteen eighty. It looks kinda dated. Yeah. Some people say it hasn't really aged all that well in terms of scares and things like that. I think the movie still holds up today. I, I was- mean
0: it was so creepy,
1: very creepy, creepy, more
0: than anything. Absolutely, and I, I think
1: atmospheric. The, yeah.
0: music the music is what, beautiful. Yeah, not beautiful but like What gets me, it like does. if I like, that's what made it creepier. Because like, like even the opening shot, like oh yeah, yeah, <laughs>
1: and he's like the, following the car. Yes, yeah, the yeah, yeah, music
0: yeah. is what I think was the creepiest part of the entire right. movie. Um, but I mean, I liked it. I think yeah. it was great. It was a little bit long for it me. It was long. I was like, it's like two and a half hours. I'm like come on, about. and for like for a movie that's that old, I didn't think that it would. Movies back then were that.
1: It, it, it drags on and, and we're it, not going to get into all the meanings no, no, and this no, 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 and that because no. there's so many theories about all that but
0: but I will say Shelley Duvall is yeah. phenomenal she in this is. movie and she absolutely is I didn't know about this stuff about. so I watched it on like Sunday I want to say yeah yeah for I thought it was a good um, Halloween movie was, Like this is was. a perfect opportunity to watch for the first time totally. and I read about Shelley Duvall like, returning uh, to acting and I'm like okay I'll watch this yeah um, and then after reading about everything about stanley kubrick and about how he was treated her on set it made me like rethink some scenes like for Mm -hmm. example um well obviously she does this throughout all of the movie but she was running kind of not bizarrely but a little bit unusually like in the sense that like Instead of being like, why aren't you sprinting? She's kind of like doing this kind of she's like, like oh, little, tr- like yeah, like little yeah. trot. Like yeah, I'm like girl, why aren't you running? And then right. now looking at this, I'm like, she's dehydrated, probably hasn't slept. Right. She's so tiny. I'm like, now I'm like, no wonder she probably couldn't run any faster right. she wanted to. And
1: another thing too, um, does that you know what I mean? Yeah, Stephen King, who wrote the the book for the shining, oh, which yeah. is the source material, he didn't like Stanley Kubrick's version of the movie, and he f- he always felt that the way. Shelley Duvall played that character in the way Stanley Kubrick directed. because De- she- I, I just want to make this clear. Stanley Kubrick, the way Shelley Duvall comes across in that movie, Stanley Kubrick was very intentional. He wanted her to be that way. Yeah. And Stephen King didn't like that. He he felt that it was like minimizing her as the a character. woman yeah. and making her just kind of a housewife and just like this like useless, spineless person. But I, I completely disagree with that. Um, You watch that movie and especially knowing what, what Shelley Duvall was actually going through uh, behind the scenes. You watch that movie, and Shelley Duvall to me comes across as brave in that movie. Oh yeah, the character is brave, and I know she literally pulls him
0: into a freezer by herself. Right, and and
1: like I know there's points in the movie where Jack Nicholson is like kind of manhandling her a little bit, like on several fronts, psychologically and everything else. But like he was horrible. Yeah, it's absolutely horrible. But like Shelley Duvall, especially if you consider the time, like America in the '70s or the early '80s. What were, the, what were the roles of women back yeah. then in, in marriages and things like that? I, that movie portrays it perfectly well, I think, in terms of men domineering their wives and things like that. If you,
0: even, if you think about it through—that's actually a good point. If you think about it through, like, that—
1: Lens. Lens. Yeah.
0: Oh, that's what I was going to say. Lens. You could kind of almost argue that she's kind of—it's almost empowered.
1: It's totally empowering. I thought Shelley Duvall, especially as the movie goes on— she realizes, oh shit, Jack Nicholson slash yeah. Jack, my husband. Like, Jack Torrance, my husband, is losing it. He's yep. gonna kill me and my son. I have to fight for survival. Yeah. And she does. And they yeah. escape him, obviously, in the end. But um I thought Shelley Duval's performance was was, like I said, humanizing. She really, she really brings, she brings this like very uh touching. Uh, I, I'm, I'm losing my words here, but she brings this very like um down to earth kind like of like, like it's weird she's almost like she's it's a simplicity there's a simplicity to Shelley Duvall and her characters and the way she plays them and like a um, like a vulnerability that she has she
0: seems almost like gentle but yes, like, she's like, but a, like she's powerful like, at the same she's time like, exactly
1: she's like a doe-eyed yeah. like you know like a, like deer, a deer or something you yeah. know what I mean And and she's very vulnerable and like wide-eyed and goofy smile and things yeah. like that but I love Shelley Duvall. She's also
0: a badass. Right. And from
1: the movie, and I've seen Popeye, she's great in Popeye, and she's good in a few other movies. She doesn't have that many iconic roles. Uh, She's got some, oh, by the way, another thing, too, she was also the executive producer of, like, some, like, children's show back in, like, the 70s or 80s or something like that. um, That went on for, like, a couple seasons, and supposedly it was very ahead of its time. I haven't seen it before, but a lot Mm. of, like, celebrities back then were part of it. Uh, So she's a creative person. And um the point the whole point of this conversation is to say that I'm glad that Shelly Duval is coming back to acting if she is in fact well. And it seems like yeah. she is, you know what I mean? I don't think these directors I hope hope they wouldn't exploit her either. No um and i'm hoping the movie's good and i'm because like especially the fact that she's coming back to a horror movie Mm -hmm. specifically that's very like
0: well the director actually gave um, gave gave a statement to to fap he said oh snap yeah he said shelley was amazing to work with directing her was a real treat because i'm a huge fan of the shining wow so i'm very i'm very interested to know uh, and i'm
1: also interested uh, i'm interested to the movie must be compelling to get Shelley duvall back into right acting. that's what i was
0: thinking if it's been this uh, it's two been decades t- it's been two decades and she's willing to come back to acting right. out of her remote isolation away from hollywood away from right. that stuff and i'm also interested to know if she's going to have, because I'm sure people obviously are going to ask her about The Shining and all this stuff, because yeah. all of the treatment or, you know, alleged treatment, mistreatment she got on set mm-hmm. of The Shining, that stuff would not even a fly today at oh, all. Not, not even like a quarter of no, that. Not even a quarter. So I'm very interested to know if she has different thoughts on it, if she'll share different thoughts on it, yeah. or she'll just, you know, say the same thing she did or, 20 or, years ago. Yeah,
1: or if she'll just kind of just... Brush it off and just yeah, carry but like, on. Yeah, like oh,
0: it's past is past. Yeah, exactly.
1: Because uh, she seems like a very—if you read that thr uh, profile, she—it's she, a good profile. She, yeah, she's she's very yeah. like, hey man, like screw that. She yeah. like, kinda, she kind of shoots like, for the whatever. Yeah, yeah, she's very like free spirited and stuff. So anyway, yeah. we'll see what comes of that. Happy Shelly Duvall is coming back to Hollywood. I'm glad I watched The Shining. Too. Yes, I'm glad you saw <laughs> it too. It's a great movie. See it, see it again though. There's so many layers. Yeah. so many layers and meanings. I want to watch it on a bigger TV. My teeth kind of yeah, it's a good one
0: Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Uh,
1: and with that, we're going to move on to our next segment, the Hollywood Hoedown. Oh, here we go. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. We gotta get our indeed. Uh, and for this one, we're going to talk about um, sort of a different story. This is about Elizabeth Banks. Who is starring in this new movie called *Call Jane*? Mm-hmm. It's about abortion. It's about this this gr- this group of women acting in kind of like in secret. They call themselves the Janes, and yeah. this is basically happening in the in the 1960s, before Roe v. Wade was ushered in as as the law mm-hmm. of the land, right? And and made abortions legal in the country. Obviously, that has since been reversed, and we'll get into that in a second. But at the time, in the 50s <laughs> we'll and the 60s, yeah. and obviously before that. It was illegal for women yeah. to get abortions, and there was a lot of women getting abortions at home, doing at-home mm. abortions, you know, coat hanger type Ugh. stuff, like back alley stuff. You hear about this stuff all the time; it's like stuff of lore. Um, and you know, Elizabeth Banks plays one of the characters. Uh, she has to get an abortion it's and like save her
0: life, right? In the,
1: the movie, I, I don't know if it's already out or if it's coming out this week, but it the, just came out, yeah. Okay, the trailer's out, and um, and basically, the news is that Elizabeth Banks, in a recent interview, said. I can I can perform an abortion if I yeah. needed to. I, I got so much hands-on experience in the making of this movie about the actual real mm-hmm. procedure that I could probably do it myself. Do you have the yeah. quote from
0: her? So when asked if she could actually perform terminations, she said, I think I might be able to actually. I'd like to have a little more practice because I didn't actually ever get to dilate anybody. I got to learn about the tools, watch the videos. But the procedure that we performed from 1968, there are similarities to it now, but it's not— the exact same, and most abortions now are self managed uh, via two pills. Mm. Yeah, but still pretty. I got to,
1: so I don't have really too much to say about this. Yeah. I'm going to let you kind of take this one. Okay. But my mm. only thing on this, this is a weird thing to say. It's a weird thing to say, and like it's I don't. Ask. it's a weird thing to ask it's a weird thing to say basically like oh yeah i could probably do an abortion it's like well, what like it's just so bizarre and like i i understand the time and the climate right now everyone's all up in arms because roe v wade's been overturned mm-hmm. and all this you know people are fired up about it but it's like that's not a, that's not a that's not a, a nice thought like okay cool you can do abortions what are you why are you even set floating that are you are you like inviting yeah. are you trying to like almost like kind of like stir up the idea of like oh if you, you know if you need an abortion in Texas come and see me it's like no. i don't i don't i don't understand what what the what why you're even yeah. floating this what's the purpose of it is it is, it sounds like it's, it sounds a bit salacious to me it's like well, what like okay great why are, why are we even discussing this like it's just like i, I think the uh, my theory on why she said that and why it was asked was because so many people right now feel like we're back in those old times again um and that all this back alley abortion stuff's going to happen and that the coat hangers are going to come back in my opinion that's very hyperbolic i think that's hyperbolic um and i think elizabeth banks is leaning into this hyperbolic notion of like oh my god we're back in the 50s again if you need an abortion i can perform one for you you know that's how bad things are and i just think that's like that's weird it's just like okay it's i don't think it's that it's quite that bad you know what i mean for you yeah. to like vo- it seems like you're almost like volunteering yourself to perform abortions, which is insane to me. It's like what are we talking about here? You know? So anyway, that's kind of my thing on that. Um but wh- where do you where do you land on what she has to so say? So,
0: I think maybe you're going a little too deep with okay. what she said Am because I? yeah, I mean, obviously a lot of the conversation I skimmed some of it um uh the Vanity Fair uh, piece cuz I, ri- I did the right I did the write up for yeah, Truthout, yeah, yeah. but you know, I think It was more from like a. I took it as I interpreted it as more of like from a research
1: perspective
0: because her character does get an abortion in the film. Sure, so I'm sure she
1: totally had to get educated. But I think.
0: When the way she answered it, she didn't say I can for sure perform an abortion. Right. She and, said he- I think I might be able to actually, and that's the headline though. Like that's what we wrote the, it as. Well, like, I'll all admit the, that
1: all the media outlets ran the headline as Elizabeth Banks says can, she can do an abortion. abortion. They said it definitively. You're right, but, she didn't quite say that. I know.
0: So I like I. That's how we, of course, ran but it. Too, why do you think it was
1: even asked though? Like, what's your that theory? is I honestly you know what I mean? like I like, what was forgot the, the of even I forgot the this up in the first place. The
0: full question. Um... But I think it's kind of
1: I think it was just I, done to stoke the flames, really. Yeah, you know but I, mean? I do
0: think it's kind of interesting that she learned about how it's done. Mm-hmm. I don't but I didn't definitely did not take it as she's literally volunteering herself that she can do it. Right. But I don't think yeah, she maybe should that's have too
1: much of a leap, yeah. Yeah,
0: I don't think she should have said at, First of all, I think it's a little bizarre they asked, for sure. I agree. But I don't think she should have said, I think I might be able to just say, oh, yeah, like, I, I, I know how it's it. done. Yeah, I exactly. learned how it's done, ah. but not saying I could do it. But right. But then again, they asked her that, so I guess they kind of fed so she, her. Yeah, so she, they yeah. fed that to her. But, yeah, it was a bit you know, of a question. I do think it's very, um, obviously very timely from yeah, and relevant yeah. to what's going on. I mean, the film couldn't come out at a better time, I guess, or worse time, depending on how you want to see it. Right. Um. But, I, you know, she also said that she redu drew on her own personal experiences. Yeah. Um, because she included including a painful experience she had getting two ovarian cysts removed like mm. years ago. And that pain that she had and how she was treated by the male technician is things yeah. that
1: she She was kinda of brushed she, off. Yeah. And, and... So
0: she brought that in, um, drew on that for sure. when her character got the procedure. And that's also I don't know if you know about this, and I just wanted to note this because it's something that I see a lot on TikTok. And it's become like a very big topic mm. about how women's pain is not really recognized for mm. um gynecological exams and procedures such as like getting an not procedure but getting like an I- ivf inserted or um getting like um a cervical pap biopsy stuff. pap yeah. smear is just like a regular gynecological exam but even okay. that you know they still use like the old school speculums that they used I think that's what they're called um way back when the metal things Jesus. some <laughs> the same ones it's 2022 and they use that some gyneologic yeah. god i would say it gynos i always pronounce it wrong gynos gynecologist i just as a as a woman i should be able to pronounce it gynos um use plastic ones but it's rare yeah and you know god, women aren't man. given women aren't given medication to get like pain medication or even right. put under for ivfs one of my friends got an um not ivf god um iud oh my god mm. <laughs> ivf yeah, iud yeah. sorry right, right, right. um too many eyes i um iud like they don't give you pain medicine.
1: And it's they like they just kind of jam it in yes. there. Yes. And Jesus that goes all the Christ. way
0: into your um into your um your uterus, I believe, or your cervix. And or oh. even like a cervical biopsy, they literally take cells from your cervix and women aren't like put under.
1: That's interesting.
0: And it's becoming this conversation and I think that was just yeah, like, and why, she kind why of
1: why are we like being so rough with yeah. like that's ridiculous. There was actually a TikTok anything, I saw that, that type of procedure or examination or anywhere in that area needs to be dealt with yeah. with the utmost care and... Um delicacy it's like very
0: very sensitive down there and that's like a very large like a very big pain area of a woman's body and even um there was like this tiktok saw yesterday this doctor you know because a lot of doctors are like duetting these videos to try to you know get the word out and get context because the doctors want this to change as well Mm. but there was like this i saw a tiktok yesterday of of this guy getting put under for a tattoo on his ribs and then the doctor, like, being like, this is ridiculous. And all these women in the comments saying, like, oh, they, even, they gave me Tylenol after I had a C-section. I'm like, Tylenol?
1: Yeah. Like, that's wow. ridiculous. Um, no, you're but right. But I thought it's, about it's that. It's a larger societal conversation.
0: Because, and she was, and she kind of brought, she didn't bring up that specifically, but just kind of that in in overall message about, about women's, um, how they're treated. Yeah. For these kind of procedures and stuff like that. Um, but she said that. You know, when she was getting the procedure the, for getting her ovarian cyst removed, this was like 10, 11 years ago. And she said she still thought of this when she was in the um, filming the abortion scene because of that pain was so bad. So she tried to, like, draw on that painful experience. Yeah. And she said there was a lot of sense memory in the acting for me. It was very intimate. What women are put through. And she was even saying that at the time when she got that the ovarian cyst removed, the technician was saying like was like no bedside manner, just totally mean to her. And she was like, "Can yeah, you just stop?" Very and she was literally like, "Can I stop? Can you stop? I'm gonna throw up. Like I'm so nauseous, I'm gonna throw up." Yeah. And she's like. And she said right here, and honestly, that's what I was thinking of while I was having the procedure in the movie. A pretty easy sense memory to bring up because it was raw and fresh, even though it was 10 or 11 years ago. Wow. So I just wanted to note that. that because
1: that's how traumatic those experiences can be. Yeah, and that was getting
0: ovarian sister moved. It was like something that you should totally be under for right. i'm obviously not a doctor right. it's
1: very invasive yeah yeah yeah, yeah.
0: so just an- and it's another thing that i just wanted to know
1: no for sure um, <laughs> we're putting look, through a lot. I, i'm sure the movie is powerful yeah and it, again it is timely people should go watch it it's called call jane i think yeah. it's hitting theaters this week perhaps yeah uh go see it go yeah. check it out uh and with that we're gonna move on to our final segment yeah what'd you see what'd you think yes. and um i'll quickly go through mine i i I was a little behind on movies this week. It was Halloween weekend. you know. I, didn't, I, was, I wasn't able to get out and, and go catch a movie properly in the theater. But I did watch something on Netflix last night, and I know I'm very anti-Netflix. Uh, I literally
0: said, I know you're anti-Netflix, but this is out. <laughs>
1: yeah, I'm very anti-Netflix. But uh, a, a good movie is out. Um, it's called The Good Nurse yeah. with uh, Eddie Redmayne, speaking of him um and jessica chastain and it was good it was really good i was impressed it's basically the real life story of a serial killer that maybe not so many people know about i frankly i i'd heard about jeffrey dahmer in the past but never really quite knew about his you're right but like i never really quite knew about his crimes and then the show comes out and gives you a full examination of everything that's why i think these kinds of shows and movies are good yeah let's let's see the crimes show i want to see the the truth right um and then with this guy, uh, Eddie Redmayne is playing serial killer, real life serial killer, modern day serial killer, I should say. Yeah. Charles Colin, Charlie Colin, he was a nurse in the early. He was a, the, a nurse in the late nineties, early two thousands, and he killed hell of people. Hell of people. Way more than any of the, the mainstream ser- serial killers you know about. Upwards. The, the The number is unconfirmed, but it's possible he killed upwards of hundreds of people, hundreds of patients. Oh, my God. What, what they know for a fact is confirmed, confirmed people that they were able to confirm that he killed is 40, which is still a lot. That's a lot. Uh, basically, what he would do was uh, he worked in the ICU and all these different hospitals in, like, the East Coast, like, New Jersey and Pennsylvania. Um, he was going around and, ins- and uh, inserting, like – uh, Insulin and like drugs that they didn't need or that would kill them into their IV bags and then they would they would code I mean the like, code blue like the yeah. code and start dying yeah. even and, and then he was doing this for years and killing people secretly right because he was a nurse he had access he had access to the drugs he had access to everything Um, and then he finally got caught but what the movie really shows is the corruption behind the cover-up so it's sort of like the it's sort of like the Catholic Church you know priests sexually abusing Mm. kids they cover it up they ship that priest off to another church and they just keep it on the hush right and they don't actually they don't they don't uh punish these people they don't kick them out of the church they just kind of ship them off somewhere else that's kind of what was happening with this guy charles colin he was bouncing around from different hospitals for several years um his his bosses and the people at the hospital suspect that he was doing some suspected he was doing something uh sus sus suspicious but rather than call him out or call the police or do something, they just said, let's just get him out of here. You know, we'll, we'll fire him. We'll give him neutral references so he can get a job somewhere else. And that's kind of what happened for years. And then finally, in 03, uh, a nurse he was working with and befriended, Amy, uh, who, is, who Jessica That's Chastain plays. Yeah. Yes. Uh, he seems like a regular guy, like a nice guy. He's got his own kids. He's divorced. They, he, they, he She kind of brings him into her life and he seems very normal and, and she confides in him and they've become really close friends. He starts coming over, taking care of her daughter for her babysitting. So he gets very ingrained in her personal life. Um, and then once some some patients in her wing start randomly dying, even though like, even though like, some of them seem like they're on the mend, that they're recovering, that they're gonna get better, all of a sudden, because, they're coding and they're dying. Yeah. And it's unexplainable. And then the police start getting involved, they're investigating, and the movie shows you that the the hospital administration staff, like the risk management person, and the hospital's lawyers, and their board of directors, how corrupt these people oh, were. God. They, they, the cops are trying to investigate God. and get to the bottom of it, but they're like, Here's the here's the bare bones report of our internal investigation. They waited like seven to eight weeks to even report like a suspicious death. um, And they were not cooperating with the police at all. And what this nurse had to do was go rogue, risking her job to to cooperate with the cops by herself. And then what she basically did was she kind of went undercover for them, got like a wire and stuff and basically try to, like, get a confession out of him. Um, She didn't ultimately get the confession, like, clear-cut, but it was enough for them to finally arrest him, to interrogate them, and then finally, the, when he finally did confess, it was her in the interrogation room saying, look, just tell the truth. Just tell the truth. And he finally breaks down, tells the truth. And as far as rationale, because the movie claims that uh, Charles Cullen never actually explained why he was really doing this, although he did. He he went and did, like, different... He's, by the way, he's serving, like... 18 life sentences he's been sentenced like several times um and he's been punished by judges because he like has tons of outbursts in court but uh charles colin has done interviews with like you know uh, cnn and um 60 minutes all this kind of stuff and some of the th- some of the part of the rationale he he cited for doing what he did was because he said it was like an act of mercy that he thought a lot of these people were like on their deathbeds and they were terminal terminally ill so he felt like he wanted to release them of their pain and just kind of kill them that, that doesn't actually hold up, though, because he yeah. was killing people that sometimes, oftentimes were on the mend. So it sounds like he was just randomly picking and choosing different ICU victims to kill. So he, there's no real rhyme or reason to why he did what he did. He's a serial killer. He's, he's, a, he's a deranged person. But okay. the movie was really good. Jessica Chastain, once again, proving she's a diverse actress and she mm-hmm. can do multiple roles. Um, And she's always just powerful in all of them. And Eddie Redmayne, who I'm not really all that familiar with his work, frankly— I haven't seen a ton of his stuff. Have you ever seen
0: The Theory of Everything? but no. What he won his Oscar for? No. Oh my I god, know. you have to watch it. I just
1: it. I've been kind of ignoring Eddie Redmayne for for years now. I've just like oh, I'm not all that interested, but he's good too. He he's was really, really good. Good, good. Uh, good movie. Good uh, a, a a rare solid netflix offering wow yes so people should go watch it uh the good nurse it's on netflix yeah. it's streaming right now what'd you see
0: okay so i saw the banshees of ennis sharon wow okay. which i, I was see that very one. looking forward to seeing yeah. um had really high expectation colin farrell, colin farrell um brendan gleason yes um so the film has been getting a lot of oscar buzz mm-hmm. very high rotten tomato score it was at 100 for a while it's like 97 wow um so It's set on a remote island off the coast of Ireland Mm. called Innesharon. It's a fictionalized island um, set in the 20s during the Irish Civil War. Wow. So you see like the bombs going off in the mainland and stuff like that. So it's a small island. Everyone knows one another. Small town. And it focuses on these two former friends played by Colin Farrell and Brendan Gleeson. Mm. The names are kind of hard, so I'm not even going to attempt it. Um, So it, it begins with... Suddenly, Brendan Gleeson's character says he doesn't want to be friends with Colin Farrell's character yeah, anymore. Yeah, out of nowhere. Out of That's, nowhere. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah, then yeah. it kind of, like, that ignites this whole, lot whole of the town people in town get involved because they're like, wait, are you guys fighting? Like, what happened? Da-da-da. And, and Colin Farrell finds out, like, what happened and, like, why he does this. And then it, right. it, but kind of, I don't want to spoil it because I think a lot of going into it really, I'm going to set it, I'm going to explain how I felt and what I thought of the movie in a second. But I'm not going to spoil anything because okay. I think that, not knowing anything made makes made it, it is really important. Better. Yes, you have yeah, to like you,
1: you go in cold. All of a sudden, Colin Farrell is being iced out of this yes. friendship. You don't understand why. Yes. So, with the okay. big reveal is worth it? You're saying, kind of. It's okay. hard to explain. Okay, so, basically,
0: okay. this is this is what I will say. So, the film is described as a dark comedy or comedy drama. The first half of the film is first half maybe a little over half is described is a comedy it's funny it's yeah. kooky it's like yeah. dark comedy it's right, like right, right. why is he just randomly shutting him out like yeah, da, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's kind of and, just and, like r- and, r-. And Colin
1: Farrell is determined on yes getting he's to the a bottom ter- of it yes he's determined and, and then becoming his friend again yes, he's he's, like, you're not he's, gonna like just he cut he will me not out stop he right, will not stop And right, he's like right, and then right. he,
0: you know and other people get involved and stuff like that
1: Right. which sounds like a funny premise but then yeah
0: it turns into this super heartbreaking drama.
1: Wow!
0: Like I was in the theater crying. No way! Yes, and I was like, I thought this was a comedy. Why am I so sad? Yeah, I'm not gonna explain why I so get so sad. it takes a dark turn. It takes a dark turn. Wow! Um, the reason he finds out this isn't really a spoiler too much, but he mainly they don't really he doesn't fully explain why he suddenly like, doesn't want to be friends with them. But essentially, he says it's just because like Colin Farrell's character is dull, like because mm. like it's a dull person. So he's like determined not to be dull. Wow! And basically, like why things take a turn i'm not that's the kind of the bigger surprise sure. um and it's just out of nowhere and then just things kind of like it's like this ultimatum he gives him and it's yeah. just like it's crazy um i know i'm kind of talking a lot of nonsense because i don't want to spoil anything sure. no, I get it. um but i will say um overall i it was a great film mm. um even though it was so heartbreaking and i was so shocked by that um you know i think the best movies make us feel something right of course. and i think again go into this blind don't read anything um made me laugh made me cry okay. um i would have liked the ending if it was a little bit more uplifting but i'm yeah, not yeah. gonna again i'm not gonna spoil anything sure. but it's, it, it broke my heart and colin farrell the performance of the movie are amazing colin farrell is incredible wow. phenomenal oscar worthy performance as they're saying wow. i think he definitely deserves a nomination what this is the Gleason? best i've ever seen him gleason's right up right there with him okay. both of them deserve nominations they're both awesome in this movie so was um Barry Cogan, who plays like one of their other friends, oh, he's kind yeah, of like yeah. this, kind of like dim-witted, kind of like Irish boy. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I do wish the movie had subtitles though because the accents are very thick. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, and it's a lot of the, and they, but, it's, but it's also so funny because the way they say, I'm gonna curse real quick. It's, say fucking, they say fecking. so they go fecking. and it's just like really funny. I and mean, that's a terrible accent, but it, that cracked that. Whole movie that's funny that's all why right. it's r because yeah, they say yeah, f word yeah. like every other word sure, sure, um but yeah great film and i will say my favorite part of the movie there is a colin farrell's character has a pet miniature donkey named jenny okay. that has a little bell and likes to come in the house
1: okay all right that, sound, <laughs> it's about, it's that sounds it's the same enticing. director and
0: writer from three bubble boards outside oh, no way. which honestly what i remember that movie i don't remember much because i wasn't i didn't really like that movie very yeah, much yeah, yeah. um but i loved this in comparison well i, um, I
1: liked that movie one it was an oscar movie at the time yeah sounds like this one's going to be a, a big oh, Oscar for sure hit. Interesting. um
0: and again i know that wasn't the best explanation because i didn't really want to spoil no, anything it's but good, it's, it's so good, good. I Highly recommend everyone go see it
1: okay right yeah. on well that seems like a good place to end yeah. uh so thank you guys for tuning in with us uh stream us on apple spotify iHeart, uh amazon we're on the website we're on YouTube. Uh, And yes, we will check in with you guys later. See ya. See ya.